All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, Fandom Talk, which is a wonderful podcast we do as the Fandom Correspondents. Um, I am your I am your host and coordinator for the night. Uh, my name is Al. Um, I publish stuff on the site um, and socials as Red Lanyard. Um, but I'm not here by myself because talking just to myself on the podcast would be crazy. Um, I'm here with my wonderful friends and fellow correspondents. You probably just heard one right there. Uh, I'm here with <laughs> I'm here with the wonderful um, uh, Virginia. Virginia, how, how you doing, Jenny? Good. Hi, everyone. Good. Uh, I'm also here with the editor in chief, the Big Cheese, uh, Jacob, also known as as Vance. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I am a rather large cheese, I suppose. Uh, you are the big cheese and the best cheese. <laughs> it's about to get cheesy in here. Mm. And then, um, last but certainly not least, we have, have the eldest of the group, uh, the leader in blue, if you will. We have, um, we have John, also called the wise sage, rather uh, intentiously. Um, Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm gonna lean in to answer you like Jenny just did. You ready? How's it going, Al? There we go. Did that affect the sound at all? Did you, did you, could, could you, you tell me nice. lean in and me not leaning in on that one? I, I could. That was. I prefer you to lean in. That was. There you go. Okay. Great right, sound level. That was good. Uh, all right. And anyway, we are the standing correspondents. Boy, this has gotten off to a. A wild and crazy start. So we have the fan correspondence. Uh, we talk about fandoms and things we love. Um, thank you for joining us um, today as we talk about something we very much love uh, called the WandaVision series that very recently had its finale. Uh, before we get into that, I want to just go ahead and plug. We do um, all kinds of other stuff as well. Um, um, two of those things are we on are on Twitch. Uh, We're on Twitch with the primary fandom correspondence um, channel that is usually helmed by Jacob, the editor-in-chief himself. He's been playing through all the Resident Evil games um, in preparation for Village um, coming out in May. So be sure to swing by there. He plays in the early afternoon um, pretty much five days a week. Um, so swing by there when you have the time. Um, it's always great. And then um, I will be uh, personally streaming um, again soon. My computer that I use to stream has been MIA for a while, but I'll be back to it with a playthrough of one of my favorite indie games um, called the Shovel Knight game. Um, if you know indie games, I'm sure you've heard of that one. Um, so that'll be a blast. You can catch me on uh, twitch.tv slash redlanyard. Um, and twitch.tv slash fandom correspondence. Um, yeah, so come by and hang out. Anyway, now that all the self-promotion's out of the way, um, <laughs> we got some MCU content for the first time in... Too long. Over a year. Too long. Too long. Um, I'm... Everybody knows 2020 was a drought 
as far as MCU content goes. Um, we were supposed to have the beginning of phase four with the uh, Black Widow film, uh, which unfortunately was very much delayed and delayed again and delayed again into this year uh, because of the coronavirus and all that um, stuff, which was an understandable but very unfortunate decision uh, that the MCU and Disney made. So now, instead of my um, beloved character in Black Widow starting off Phase 4, we got the um, first of the Disney Plus shows um, in WandaVision to start off uh, Phase 4 content um, for the MCU. And what a start it was. Uh, <laughs> a nine-episode series on Disney Plus. Um, if you haven't heard of it, I'm impressed you must not have any uh, presence or awareness of internet uh, memes <laughs> at all for the last couple of months, which honestly I'm impressed the more power to you, but um, it is, it is now done. Season one is in the bag um, with a lot of answers. Um, a lot more questions in my opinion. Um, and we'll get into it uh, and I'll just open things up. I'll defer to the editor-in-chief for our first soundbite and opinion for this WandaVision spoiler cast. Um, it is a spoiler cast. Full spoilers we'll be talking about. Um, if you haven't seen the series, go watch it now because we'll be talking about everything from episode one to episode nine. Um, so just heads up for that. This is your chance to hit pause, go binge the series, and come back. All right. I'll defer to our editor-in-chief, Jacob. Just general, wide open. How did you feel about WandaVision? Um, well, first and foremost, it was it was great just to be back with the MCU, just in general, um, with any of those wonderful characters. But of course, the <clears throat> what's so different about this is how they do those first few episodes, which really separates it from the film so much, and the fact that it just doesn't feel like anything we've seen before. Really, and. Uh, it's kind of weird to say that it doesn't feel like anything we've seen before when most of them were actually homages to older shows. But I, uh, I just I loved it. I loved every every episode. Um, like I said, I loved that they were willing to do a show like this. Um, it's it was very interesting to see how the MCU has progressed to where if you really think about ten years ago, we would not have had anything like this on any kind of streaming service or anything like that uh, based within this world. And I just, I thought, I thought it was fantastic. Um, and, and I think you have already put it on Twitter that if Catherine Hahn and Elizabeth Olsen don't get nominated for uh, some type of Emmy, then they, uh, the, the world is just an unjust place. The Emmys are canceled. Yeah. Yes. The, the Emmys will be canceled at that point. Yes. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no, I just I love the whole series. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, now you mentioned that um, you know this show in a lot of ways um, was very much a change from the usual MCU content, uh, very much a deviation from what we've come to expect from the MCU films and their approaches. <laughs> Um, to um, to storytelling, um, and this is the beginning of Phase Four. 
this is this seems to kind of um, um, be a mark of transition for the MCU. Um, with that in mind, I'm going to go over um, to Jenny now for this one. Uh, with that in mind, Jenny, how did you like the show? And um, how did you feel in particular about um, the first few episodes, which some people online have been a bit slower to accept or embrace kind of um, the change in pace that the first few episodes um, gave us? Um, I mean, I loved it. Um, I, I'm kind of like Jacob. It was very, um, it was refreshing because it was so like different from what we'd seen because like the first few episodes you had no idea what was happening. You were very like confused and, um, but at the same time it left you wanting more, you know? So, um, also can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yes. You sound great. Okay, cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I, I remember the first episode, we, like, we we were like, well, we can, because we had talked about waiting for a few episodes to, like, just, like, build up, and so we're like, well, let's just try this one, and, you know, it'll be fine, and then, like, immediately after, it felt like it was five minutes, and we wanted, you know, more content, mm -hmm. um, so I really loved it, um, I'm sad it's over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same, um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, entirely. Um, so um, now you bring up um, another really important point as well, which again just kind of shows the change in approach that um, Disney and the MCU have taken uh, to WandaVision as compared to obviously the films they've done in the past, uh, but also to the adjacent um, shows as well. If you go back to um, like the um, Daredevil and the Defenders universe um, a few years back where all of those followed the general um, approach to um, shows at the time which was to just drop the entire season, allow everyone to binge um, in contrast WandaVision came out one episode every week, uh, that's how they did the season, um, so with that in mind, um, Josh what are your thoughts on the first season of WandaVision? And how did you feel about um, kind of the, the staggered release uh, uh, one every week as opposed to the binge style we've grown kind of accustomed to with stuff we care about? I'll, uh, I'll let you know right now because you can't see it, but like both Jenny and Jake are smirking at me because <laughs> after every single episode was just a gigantic wine fest from me you know, just griping because I wanted more and I wanted it all right now. I wanted to know all the answers at this very moment. And I thought it was very cruel of Disney <laughs> not to allow us to do that. So um, I, yeah, the staggered schedule, uh, I, to an extent, here, here's what I will say. One of my favorite uh, memories growing up, uh, or not really growing up, but when I was in, when I was in college, uh, 24 was real big. And we would, all of us uh, would gather around and watch 24 every week, you know, and every time it came on, we set that time aside. Uh, in fact, one of the biggest arguments I've ever had with my brother is one time he erased an episode 24 from the DVR. It was an accident. And like, it, and it's still, it's still a family controversy. I, <laughs> but, uh, but the idea of like, we're going to set time aside 
to watch this show. Um, as much as I gripe about the staggering and the weekly progression, this is a show that wants that really wants to harken back to a time when you would sit and watch with your family. Then, I mean, I know we're not in spoiler territory yet because we haven't talked about the storyline, but literally, Wanda builds her entire world around the fact that you know when she would when she was the happiest was when she was sitting and watching these shows with her family. And so the, the, there's almost a meta kind of thing happening where Disney's doing that to you as well. You know, you have to wait a week, you know, get with your family, watch it. You know, God help you if you watch it without anyone, without the people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what would have happened if one of us had watched it. Dude. We probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. uh, like, we, we would not be having a podcast. We would have podcast. canceled the Phantom Force. Yeah, yeah we would have like, nope, it's done, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was a good run. It was a good run. And also, like, it just, I mean, it, it was cool to, like, talk about it and build theories all throughout the week. Um, I, I thought, I enjoyed, like, pondering it the entire yeah. week. Even though I still wanted more, like, I don't know. It just, it left room to, like, explore and let your imagination go crazy. Well, we're, not, we're not there on the theories yet, but I, but I will say, I think part of the, part of the backlash that's kind of happening now, we even saw it with that uh, uh, pitch meeting, you know, it was like mm-hmm. it, didn't, it didn't answer all these theories, but, like, it never promised uh, season it theories didn't. either. You know? It and didn't like, promise anything. And the thing was, is like, Al, you, I don't, I don't know if you watched X-Files when it was first coming on, but that was one of the things about X-Files was watching it and then theorizing what in the world is happening in this stupid show or, or, or with Buffy or whatever. You know, those were shows that were built around theorizing and half, not even half, like 80% of the time you were wrong about those theories. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think the show, to get back to your original question, I think the show does what it's attempting to do very well. And, you know, we really... I shouldn't be surprised by how good it was because Marvel, if nothing else, the MCU has done very good jobs of focusing on a character, who a character is and what their motivations are. And that's why this show worked extremely well. You know, I mean, you found out who Wanda was and what her motivations were. And, you know, that's what the show is, essentially. And every single time Marvel focuses on that, uh, that's when they succeed. And... 90% of the time, they, they've got a pretty much a 90 to 95% success rate on that. So, uh, yeah, long story short, I thought the show was great. Probably one of my... I've been thinking about this all week, you know, because I knew this was coming up. I'd say after, like, Black Panther and Captain Mar- and uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, it's probably my third favorite thing that they that Marvel's put out. Whoa. You know, because it really is... I mean, is that including, like, Gus Jones, Daredevil? Yeah, I, oh, I, wow. I, I, I think it's better than all the Netflix, you know. Well, there's no wasted energy in, in this one. That's there's true. a lot of wasted energy in the Netflix one. Yeah, I love there's them. There's no filler episodes you know, or anything like that. Yeah. So, so, yeah. I'll never forget watching season three of Daredevil with you. Um, and for, and some somehow, Josh and I ended up here while you were watching the second half of, of season three. Mm-hmm. And we got here just in time for the Karen episode. Oh, God. And you literally just stopped and said, is this entire episode going to be a Karen episode? There is no reason for it. And, but and, anyway. And yeah, you yeah. hated it so much. We, I will talk about that for hours, so let's just not <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we'll focus. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, it's all good. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I, I mean, I'm not gonna be uh, the voice of dissent 
here and just be like, well, I hated WandaVision. Um, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it as well. Um, even prior to the sh show coming on, even prior to Age of Ultron, um, uh, Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, has been um, has always been a character that's interested me um, a whole lot. Um, which um, leads us into our next point. And honestly, I'm kind. This is a question and a topic that I'm kind of surprised has not been discussed. Um, a lot more on the internet, especially after the end of the show. Um, and um, again, just want to throw that out there. So far, we've talked just kind of about very general things and the format of the show and all that. Uh, this is where the spoilers in the podcast will begin. Just want to emphasize that I would hate to be the person who spoiled anything for anybody. Um, so this is officially your last chance to hit pause on the podcast. Go on to Vision if you haven't already. Come back. Um, because, you know, the MCU is a studio, is a long-form film project that at its heart has succeeded so well because it's cared so much about the depictions of the characters it puts on the screen. Um, and... Uh, the depictions of the characters, their story arcs, the stories they tell are very intentional across all of the movies. Um, and I think WandaVision is very much a continuation of that tradition um, that Marvel um, under Disney have started and continued. Um, and that brings me to my question for you all about Wanda. Now, for me, one of the reasons I've always found Wanda a very fascinating character is that she is a character whose psychology is very interesting. She's a character whose role is very interesting. Um, when I was talking about the Scarlet Witch in the past with... Um, a friend of mine who's watching the show as well. Um, I found myself comparing her in some ways to um, to uh, the Punisher um, in that, you know, a lot of the time when we see Wanda, when we see Frank Castle as the Punisher, um, very much their role in the stories that they tell is that they are often the source of conflict themselves. They're the source of conflict that other characters have to kind of respond to. Um, they're the source of conflict that kind of shapes the story that they're in. Uh, they, they kind of have that in common. Um, and they have a lot of other things in common um, as well, obviously. Um, but that being said, um, I'll throw this one over back to Jenny this time. Um, Jenny, what, in your opinion, having seen WandaVision, having followed Scarlet Witch since her introduction um, into the MCU, in your opinion, what was Wanda's role in this show? Is it one of, of where she was a hero? Is it one where she was um, arguably a villain? What do you, what role did Wanda serve in WandaVision? 
That's a really good question. Um, I feel like it's really complex. I can't really. So like my, I initially want to say, in my opinion, that she was um, or is kind of a victim, but she isn't, she's much stronger than that. And not to say that victims aren't strong, but like I, it's, it's bigger than both all of those things, in my opinion, because um, mostly what, like everything comes from her dealing with, you know, I don't want to get ahead of anything, but, you know, grief for the most part. So, um, which I think the MCU does such a good job of writing. Um, I was very impressed with that. That's a very, like, difficult topic that I feel like, in my opinion, they conveyed very well as somebody who has dealt with that. Um, So, like, I understood Wanda and, like, resonated with everything she did. And it was hard for me to paint her a villain at all at the end of it. Um, But you can't really call her a hero either. So, to me, it's really just her figuring herself out and figuring out how to deal with, um, you know, what she's going through. Um, It's, it's very, like I said, it's very complex and there's a lot of like unanswered questions, but um, if you've been through that, you know, it kind of, I don't know, it's still like, I was satisfied with it, even though like I still want answers just because I get it. I don't know if any of that made sense, what I just said, but. Okay, um, Josh, I'll go back to you. Um, same exact issue in question. Um, in your opinion, what was Wanda's role in WandaVision? Well, Wanda, it's, I would like to expand it if I can, because it's it, Wanda's role in the MCU has been a lot different than Wanda in the comics. and the, They've almost yeah. inverted it, because in the comics... Wanda's introduced as Scarlet Witch. I mean, it's, you know, she's she's first uh, a villain of the Avengers, then she's part of the West Coast Avengers, right? She joins them first before she joins... Before that, she's the part of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Okay, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't ask Jake any more questions. Okay, I was asking a serious question, and you had to be all, oh, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Okay, but what I'm saying is, like, she's Scarlet Witch when she's introduced, and her story for the past 40 years in the comics has been what is Wanda compared to Scarlet Witch? And they kind of inverted that in the in the MCU where she's Wanda for us, you know, and like she's this person that has no clue about her powers and as her powers have grown, now she's the Scarlet Witch. And I think that's an interesting, you know, and that that's an interesting thing because they really changed her role in the MCU now. Because in, I think Jenny's right actually in, in the, uh, in the movies, um, she's a victim a lot of times, uh, a victim of either A, not understanding your powers, which is what sets off civil war, or just kind of being, you know, used uh, by Zemo and stuff like that. She almost doesn't have a whole lot of agency. And when WandaVision happens, we have this show where her powers are so out of control that she's losing her own agency to her powers. And so by the end of the show, what the trick they do is, is they basically have her gain agency over her powers. And that, to me, is interesting because, like I said, in the comics, it's the whole other way around. You know, in the comics, the, you know, she comes in and I don't, we don't really understand her powers. But, like, 
you know, she's the Scarlet Witch. You know, she, we, chaos magic, all that stuff, you know. And then it's like the psychology of the character is who is Wanda, you know, with all the Scarlet Witch trappings, you know. How does she fall in love with Vision? How does, how does she relate, you know, to Magneto? You know, how does all this stuff happen? And in here in the MCU, they just kind of inverted that. I thought that was kind of an interesting way to do it because I'm not totally sure you could do, you could make the Scarlet Witch work the same way you would in the comics. Um, not with the way MCU does things. Exactly, yeah. not with the way they do things because it's very important for them to set a base of the character. Um, they so, even tried to make us understand Thanos. So, I mean. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and <laughs> it, but they, they did. You know, I mean, yeah. they, that's one of the things they want to do. They, they want to set bases for their characters. Um, so I actually think that, I mean, yeah, I think that's a good question about her role. Um, but I also think, like, not to get ahead, but I honestly think the better question is, like, what is her role moving forward? Because, you know, mm-hmm. now that she's a Scarlet Witch, you know, what the heck does that mean for the rest of the MCU? Because that's a, that's a big thing. You know, I mean, we literally have, you know, Ag- uh, Agatha Harkness, you know, making the statement, like, you know, you're more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. And, you know, we know who the Sorcerer Supreme is. You know, I mean, you've got... Um, Monica's making the statement at one point, like, you know, if Captain Marvel showed up, she would have taken Thanos down, you know? So, I mean, we've got these really big statements about who she is. And so I think that the real question is like, what is her role going to be moving forward? Cause now she's the, I mean, her and Captain Marvel are vying for that whole most powerful superhero thing. And uh, that was not the case before this show. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jay, um, let's let's keep on it. Exactly in question. Uh, in your opinion, Jacob, what is the role of Wanda in WandaVision? Well, I mean, like Doc and Kenny both said, the the interesting part of Wanda is is really uh, her story is how she has been kind of slowly finding out who she is. Um, the biggest twist for me in this was that her powers were uh, innate. They were they were there before the Mind Stone. Um, that was that was very interesting to me because I didn't expect that. I I didn't know that they were going to go with full. I didn't know they were going to go the full magical route uh, with her powers. I thought they were going to. <clears throat> I don't know. Kind of keep doing the doing the just eh, Wanda's weird uh, aspect of it. But I really enjoyed that they were that they were willing to do that, and that really it looks like in Phase Four we're willing to go into the more mystical side of things, especially with her Agatha Harkness being introduced. Um, something is coming, so I mean that could be that could be Dormammu, that could be Nightmare, that could be like everyone has already been theorizing that could be Mephisto. Um, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, there's the, there's a lot that can happen. There, there's so many, there's so many characters that, because we've officially introduced the aspect of magic, they have really opened, opened the door on that, and Wanda's been the catalyst for that, um, because even in Age of Ultron, when you see her, the, I'll, I'll never forget the how the opening of Age of Ultron really changed this very, very quickly when she shows up on screen because it starts off and you're, and you're like, oh, the, the six Avengers are back, okay. And then she starts doing like this weird like backward grudge walk and and like the like the like the sound design gets weird and her eyes are glowing. You're like, oh, oh okay, that's we we went a different direction than I anticipated. Okay, you know? 
Um, I was so I, I was really kind of surprised to see that, but with this one, like 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 Josh and Jenny have both already said, they really opened up more onto who she is um, and to what has made her what has made her who she is now. Um, of course, and this this entire show is a a discussion on grief, really. And Jenny Jenny made made the allusion to we've been there. We've lost something great and have felt basically hopeless at that time. But the thing is that what was important when we were there is that we had the three of us. Well, really the four of us, Al, yes. <laughs> um, but she doesn't have that. But Wanda doesn't have that, exactly. And that's and I think that's I think the most the most heartbreaking scene in the entire show is when she create is when she changes Westview because there's an agony on her face that that Olsen is is bringing to the character that honestly makes me wonder where she was able to tap tap into that because honestly I don't think anyone would truly understand it if they hadn't experienced something like that. Um, the fact that she even subconsciously wanted that family so bad. The fact that she just wants to feel a part of something and together with, with who, with the people she loves so much that even subconsciously she creates this entire city or, and to her own, to her own will, basically that, that alone says so much about her character. Um, and really, and it's, once once again, I I I know this. I don't want to make this entire podcast. I mean, it probably is going to be that way. But of just saying how great the MCU is about you know setting up their characters. But when you look at Age of Ultron, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame, here, everything has such a solid narrative as to what brought her to WandaVision and what made her the Scarlet Witch. Um, and I just, I just, I, I think she, she. She was already one of my favorite characters, and now I think she's probably become one of one of my top five. If 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 actually, yeah, no, she's definitely my top five of the MCU characters. Just because, if nothing else, just because of this show. Because, like Josh said, she's already she's more powerful than Doctor Strange, apparently, which that alone sets a pretty high precedent. Um, but also, just her characterization, everything they've done for her in this show, just it blew me away. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, uh, and obviously I'm a bit, um, I mean, I'm a bit um, of a biased opinion here because as I said at the beginning, you know, there have been few characters and projects coming out of the MCU that I was as hyped for as I was about a TV show about the Scarlet Witch. Um, you know, the return of Spider-Man to the MCU was probably up there. That was probably the, uh, the big contender for it. But, um, you know, I love the character. I've always been fascinated by this character. And her depiction and her arc in WandaVision is one of the best 
character examinations um, I think I've ever seen uh, because we get, you know, we get all the way through the show. We see her interactions with other characters um, speak loads to where she is, where um, her mentality is, where her instability is at any given point. Um, and then we get to the end of the show and every interaction with characters that Wanda has in the last episode, I think is so important to understanding who Wanda is as a character. Um, all the way down to, you know, um, her fight with Agatha is over with. She's in, um, she's in Westview. She's undone um, a majority of the enchantment that she had built up. And she's talking um, to, she's talking to Rambeau, um, just kind of about what happened, about, you know, kind of a vague idea what happens next, you know, where she's going to go, how their paths are going to split and things like that. And that interaction to me is so important to understanding who the character is and where she possibly is going, because through that whole interaction with Wanda, um, Rambo is very tense. She is very, I mean, we see almost for the first time kind of a fear in this character's face and in her body language as she's interacting with Wanda. Um, and, you know, it doesn't, I thought it was so good that you know, that show, her exit from Westview, um, all of it, it doesn't end with, you know, oh, Wanda, you're so great. You you beat Agatha. You know, you saved the day. You saved the city. It was wonderful. Um, that's probably, you know, up there with the ending of Infinity War. That's one of the most somber endings the MCU has ever had because all of it is so quiet and all of it is so it's so stressful and so intense um, because I, I said before this is an example of what a lot of the times Wanda has been in stories is that people are coming to terms with the fact Wanda is a source of conflict for other characters. A lot of other characters is going to come down to, you know, how are they going to deal with the fact that Wanda as the Scarlet Witch, as the most powerful user of the arcane in the Marvel universe, how are characters going to deal with the fact that she exists? Um, and I think that was so important to portray because at the same time, you know, you have characters being afraid of her. You have characters asking questions, you know, uh, where do we go from here with her and the things she's done? That it really reinforces the fact that Wanda, once again, is alone. Um, and, you know, the show ends with her, her going off into the mountains you know, we have a very cool Doctor Strange-esque kind of um, 
scene with the Scarlet Witch entity, but she's alone again. And I think having seen her so desperate to build a community and build a family and get these things that she's always wanted to have to replace the things she's lost, seeing her at the very end of it still being alone again, I think was a very, very powerful way to end the show. Um, you know, she's one of those characters that it's really hard to say, you know, she's, it's easy to s- sympathize with her if you've lost anybody important to you before. Um, and at the same time, it's hard to, to separate that from the fact that, you know, she, she appropriated people's entire lives um, and mm-hmm. suspended their, their consciousness and gave them <laughs> these fake personalities to fit into what she desired and designed. So, um, I mean, if you get into characters who are complicated, um, who aren't just black and white, they're a um, guy or a bad guy. Um, you know, Wanda, how they treated her is, um, is really up there. Just very pleased as a huge Scarlet Witch fan, very pleased with how they depicted her. Uh, because very often her stories are not <laughs> a cut and dry thing of, yeah, she's good or yeah, she's evil. Um, so, um, Wanda, obviously, um, the main point of the show. But we would be remiss if we did not talk about the other terrific cast of characters um, in WandaVision. Um, uh, we have, of course, Vision um, um, just in there and in front and center as well. We have um, the Maximoff twins um, now with um, Tommy and Billy. Uh, we had a very hyped, very expensive cameo appearance from Evan Peters as Quicksilver. Um, all kinds of stuff. Agatha Harkness, uh, surprising a lot of people that she was the villain of the show. Um, all kinds of stuff. Um, so I'll go, um, I'll go to Josh this time. Josh, who among the characters other than Wanda, um, who among the characters was really a, a standout uh, for you from the show? Uh, well, one you didn't mention actually, probably the guy that I thought, and I think he's, his his uh, his career is probably the one that's on probably gonna hit an interesting tra- trajectory now because there's a lot of people asking for him to get his own show. It was Jimmy Woo. Yeah. Um, Jim Halpert. Yeah, Jim Halpert. Yeah, mm-hmm. my bad. Yeah, Jim <laughs> Halpert. Uh, but uh, he, um, I thought his his uh, character. Uh, you know, when you've got when you have a show that um, that has so many authority figures that are just so bullheaded and stupid, it's really nice to have, you know, one halfway intelligent authority figure. And uh, Jimmy Woo played that very well. He was a great counterpoint to Hayward, um, kind of trying to bring logic to this illogical situation. Um, and I, I, I thought he had really good chemistry with uh, uh, Darcy and with uh, Monica. Uh, I, I just thought he was, he was really good all the way around. And uh, so I, I thought he was kind of the, he was kind of the guy that stood out to me as uh, uh, someone whose profile is definitely going to get uh, much bigger after a show. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, you go through the show, there's just so many excellent um, performances um, and actors throughout it. Um, um, Jenny, I'll go to you. Uh, who's a character whose appearance and performance uh, really stood out to you from the show? Um, I mean, I have to go with Monica Rambeau. Um, I really am interested to see uh, what else happens with that character. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, see, uh, like, Jimmy Wu was the voice of reason in most situations. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely have to say her. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, it'll be very interesting to um, see what role she kind of serves um, as we move forward into phase four and beyond. Um, I know I know past reports about um, the future of the MCU have said that the Earth-oriented stuff and the space-oriented stuff are going to be a bit more se- separate from each other. Um, so if that's true if that report has any truth to it, it'd be interesting to see if she kind of serves as like an in-between, uh, um, kind of a bridge um, across uh, those kinds of conflicts. Um, since, as we learn in um, the last episode, she is n- she is now cleared um, to, um, uh, to re-enter space um, and do her own job. So that'll be very interesting to see where she goes and how she kind of um, changes the dynamics there. Um, yeah, and then Dude was in the last, uh, um, uh, the post credit scene. Who was Dude? Um, the dude from the, from Captain Marvel. You mean the scroll? Yeah, and he was like, what up? Remember? He was like, what up? He was like, I'm Dude. What's up? I want to take you to other Dude, who is probably Nick Fury, but we're not going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, and uh, so, uh, editor in chief, the cheese boy, um, yes, in quote, um, who is um, a character who really caught your attention uh, throughout the show. Well, I'm actually, I'm actually glad that all three of us had a di- had a different pick. Um, so mine's Act the Harkness. Um, one because I'm with you, the Catherine Hahn just. I just I love Catherine Hahn as as an actress. Just she absolutely kills this role, and I really I, I really liked how uh, the way that they ended her her role in this. I I like that she's gonna be stuck in Westview, and I I would absolutely see like this, like Wanda has questions and so she goes to Agatha, and they kind of have this weird dynamic of. Wanda has to ask her about something magical that she that she doesn't understand. You mean so the exact same dynamic they have in the comics. Yes, the exact same dynamic okay. that she has in the comics. <laughs> yes. Would you hush? Okay, Anyways, um, <laughs> I'm the one who interjects random comic facts. Okay, you know bad. that's 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 my stick. Sorry. Um, <laughs> well, you know, ooh, ooh, we just. Tossing things out there. Anyways, um, I'm looking forward to seeing that dynamic play out. Maybe in Doctor Strange. Maybe in another version of... I don't know. Maybe Wanda gets her own movie. Maybe it's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And then, like, at the end of Wanda's like, I've got my own now. And then we get a Wanda movie. I'm I'm fine with that. Um, 
and so yeah, Agatha Harkness was the was the big standout for me, and I'm excited to see where her character goes from here as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I know a lot of obviously the one that um, cost the most attention, um, and um, and various uh, fan theories respond by, um, and of course, was Evan Peters um, showing up as Quicksilver. <laughs> Um, um, along with that, um, anybody who's interested, um, I stumbled upon a great video online of where he and a couple of the other, um, stars of, of, on the X-Men films, um, of Dark Phoenix, um, they're giving, um, an interview about um, the movie and the interviewer asked them a question of, Along the lines of with on the Fox acquisition by Disney, you know, can we expect to see any of you in any upcoming projects? And the two other actors just kind of answer and field the question with very, um, you know, very stock responses that they were probably coached on giving. Um, but but um, Evan is very silent and <laughs> starts to show a little bit of of anxiety and has some, <laughs> some ticks a little bit as the other actors are talking. And I thought that was great. Um, um, I've got to say, I mean, as far as the other characters, there were so many great performances. Um, obviously vision was exquisite in his role, but I'm going to go with honestly the kids um, finding child actors. We have been spoiled the last few years with terrific child actors um, from stranger things to it chapter one um, all kinds of projects have had really, really strong child actors that we kind of forget that acting is, is hard for kids. <laughs> A lot of the time, you know, it's hard to find really, really, great on point child actors, but I was really impressed with every scene that the twins showed up in, um, how well they were able um, to to share a scene with um, such seasoned actors as um, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Hetney um, throughout the show. Um, I was just really impressed with them. They added a lot of fun um, to the show, fueled a lot of fan theories themselves um, as they did. Um, so yeah, I love them. I thought they were great. Um, very intrigued to see if, if we've seen the last of the new Maximoff twins or if they'll, they'll somehow show up in, in future things, uh, possibly some fuel for a young Avengers project. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But, um, um, yeah. So, um, so we can't talk about WandaVision now, just the same as we, as we couldn't talk about it as it was airing, um, without talking about all the wild fan theories about who the villain would be, you know, when the reveal was coming, who it was going to be, what kind of significance they would have in the greater MCU um, as kind of the jumpstart of phase four. Um, we got a villain who a lot of us probably weren't expecting to get, 
in a lot of ways. Um, I'm an Agatha Harkness. Um, there were a lot of fan theories going on that it would be Mephisto, which, um, again, I'm very biased here. I would be, I would die happy if I never saw another Marvel project with Mephisto in it. That's just me. Um, the wounds from Spider-Man One More Day still run pretty deep. Um, but um, I'll turn this on to y'all. Um, I'll go to Jacob uh, first. Um, what was your opinion of their choice for a villain? Um, I mean, you talked about it some, but do you think it'll um, Agatha will have any bearing on on future MCU stuff? Um, how did you feel about all the fan theories? Just just kind of the the villain portion of the show. Real quick, can I talk about my favorite crazy theory? Um, Absolutely. Before before we since we are talking about the theories. Um, because the weirdest, the weirdest one that I had heard was that the Mind Stone itself was the villain and that the entire thing was going to reboot everything starting back at the end of the first Avengers film. Like with Loki. Like that, like tw- 2012. So that, that was the craziest one. Strictly because like my thought process on that was what would they do? Like there's been what 16 17 films in between those and that like that that was the weird that was the weirdest one that i saw was was not 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 just that the mind stone itself was its own entity that like was able to pull this off which i suppose could be a thing but that the studio would be willing to to backtrack on all of those films that was the craziest one I heard. Probably but, a DCU fan. Yeah, pro- probably something crazy like that. Yes. Um, anyways, though, <clears throat> sorry, I, I'm I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to talk. You 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 mentioned theories, and that was the craziest one that I heard that I saw, and I I had to just talk about that one real quick. Um, but but no, I like I said, I, I think I, I think Agatha was a fantastic villain. I think the interesting thing about her is we don't we don't really know much about her. We don't really know exactly what she wants. Even when we get the origin of her, we kind of just get this aspect of, you know, oh, she wants power. But the thing is, is that Marvel isn't really playing it safe like that anymore. Most of these villains, um, unless they're just kind of like a throwaway, like maybe like Claw or Strucker, they, they're not really, they're more complex than that. And, I feel like if you're going to get someone like Catherine Hahn and you set her up to survive and to be in future projects, I feel like there's definitely more to come from her. Um, I mean, you know, because, because I mean, my, my first thought process is, okay, so did she, so if she took the hex down then technically she can learn magic again. If she figures out, you know, who she actually is. Don't really know exactly how that's going to play out, but um no, I definitely, I definitely think she'll have a bearing somewhere in the future, um, and I am, I am curious to see what she wants because the only thing, even when we get her origin, all we get is the, is the, uh, really, it's like a witch trial, basically, like like an actual like trial of witches, um, and we get and we learn this understanding that her thing is that she just steals power, um, you know, but. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I I loved her in this in this role, obviously. Um, and 
yeah, I'm looking forward to, see, to seeing what they do, what they do with her character going forward. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's very interesting. Um, um, as far as the villain angle went, um, I was in the camp of people who were kind of hoping there wasn't um, really um, a real villain in the show. I was kind of hoping that it was just kind of all about um, this um, this adventure of of grief and coping that Wanda was trying to work her way through. Um, but I was very when the Agatha reveal happened, I was a little bit underwhelmed um, at first uh, because again I was really hoping for like a more introspective um, kind of approach to. Um, the conflict but it ended up being very good um i can't stay mad at katherine hahn for very long because he's just because <laughs> she's just too wonderful um but, um but yeah um uh, great um so josh i'm gonna go to you uh we're staying in the realm of fame theories that were spawned um as wandavision was airing um and i'm going to you for this one because josh you're probably the biggest x-man fan i know um rumors were flying it was a whirling dervish <laughs> of a rumor mill <laughs> um when uh, when Evan eaters showed up um as quicksilver um it was wild it was a wild adventure <laughs> um people up till 5 a.m typing out their your theories on our slash fan theories. Um, while you were watching the show, did you have any theories concerning a possible introduction of the X-Men? Were you pretty well said that this was not the way they were going to be introduced or brought in? Um, did you have any thoughts or theories onto the significance of the new Quicksilver um, actor being from the X-Men films? Um, just kind of what was your take on on the X-Men ideas as you were watching WandaVision. I'm going to go on record and let Jake will back me up. I never once said the thought that the X-Men would be introduced in WandaVision. He, I will back him up by saying that he didn't. Uh, I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and and, and even, even when Evan Peters showed up, I thought it was a bait and switch because I, why? I, I, to, to me, to me, that whole thing was a troll. And, and it ended up being a troll. I mean, his name's Roy Boner at the end of it. So, I mean, it's, it, it's a troll. Um, and, and it's a good one because he's, he's, a, he's a troll to the fans with, in the series, he's a troll to Wanda from Agatha. So, it's like it, it, it's a troll all the way around. And uh, so, I, even when he showed up, I was like, there's no way that this is how they're going to bring the X-Men in. Um, I'll, I'll go on record right now. I mean, I think the X-Men, they will get their own movie. That's how they will introduce them. You know, that's, to me, that's, that's what will happen. Um, that, and I think that's the only way you can do the X-Men. If they had, if they had sprinkled, you know, something in here, um, that had the X-Men in, I think it's, it's just, it's not big enough for a property like the X-Men, which mm -hmm. is the second biggest comic book of, all time. I mean, the biggest selling comic book of all time is X-Men 1. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, Spider-Man, Batman, X-Men, maybe Superman, maybe Deadpool now, you know, Captain America, Iron Man. I mean, those are the names now. And you just don't introduce that, in my opinion, in a little, little throwaway in, uh, in WandaVision. Also, and I'll be this guy, 
Wanda's not a mutant anymore. Remember, this is a this is a big this is a big part of the of the Marvel Comics continuity now. Is Wanda's not a mutant? She's the literally the Judas of the mutants. So I'm just saying, you know, it would have been really weird to put uh, to put them in there. I, I'm beginning to the, what's the uh, what's the meme of the guy going aliens? I'm beginning to it's the, sound it's, like that guy. Yeah, you know? um, but but that but. Yeah, I, I, I don't think this was not the place to introduce them, in my opinion. Uh, they need their own thing. Um, but I, I will I will make this statement real quick. Um, I, I, I think Agatha's great, but I don't think Agatha's the villain in this thing. You know, I don't I don't think you can watch this thing and say Agatha's a villain because Agatha doesn't do anything. You know, literally the only thing she does is try to figure out what Wanda's doing. I thought that was one of the brilliant parts of this. You know? I'm just going to interject real quick. She kills Sparky. I was about to Hold see on it. one second. So, Hold on. Hold on. Uh, okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, other than killing the dog. Okay. But. Even, other than killing the dog. <laughs> All right, okay. Yeah. Listen. Listen. Just a little throwaway. Okay. You know, okay. Oh, mm. dear. Okay. All right. She's absolutely a villain. Like, I didn't say she wasn't a villain. You I did. Mean, she's not the villain of this show. Okay. Right. I got not... so excited when he said that. <laughs> Because I was like, if Jenny is paying attention to him, this is about to get very interesting. Well, look, okay, I'm going to be that guy who's just going to be very, like, you know, I'm going to go from the Aliens guy to the, you know, to the critic and Ratatouille, okay, right now. <laughs> the villain in this thing is grief. To say that Agatha is the villain here is, 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 is off the mark because all Agatha does is show up and try to figure out what Wanda is. And kill Sparky. And kill Sparky. And kill Sparky. Okay. okay. All right. Which in and of itself is green. <laughs> so like I don't like it's like it's but to me the that that was the brilliance of the show is, you know, we were all waiting for Mephisto. We were all waiting for Hayward to and Hayward did do some horrible crap. We were all waiting for Agatha Harkness, you know, like when when Agatha all along comes along, we're all waiting to see, okay, how did Agatha trick Wanda into doing this? And that's not what happened. You know, Wanda did all this on her own. I don't think she, and I think the show goes out of its way to be like, she didn't mean to do all this, but that's the point of all this. <laughs> the point of the entire show is that grief is the villain here. And, you know, and grief is destructive and it's in its destructive nature when we don't know what to do with it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, Agatha's a villain, Jenny. I mean, she's horrible. Mm -hmm. Okay, but she's not the villain of this show. She just happens to be there. Same with Hayward. Hayward's not the villain of this show. He just happens to be there. So yeah, and I'll say that, and then you know, this will be this will be my last time on the Phantom Correspondence <laughs> podcast. Uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. I'm sorry. I, I will I will interject just real quick and make the statement that the power of this show is that a dog died, and Jenny kept watching. Yeah, that's, yeah fair. that's true. That, that's, yeah. that's true. That's normally. That, that, yeah. I would have washed my hands of it. Normally. We have turned off a lot of things because because an animal dies. Mm -hmm. well, like, well, the thing was is like when Sparky goes missing and then like, and then like you know Sparky's dead. Like my first thought was, well, I don't think Sparky existed at the beginning. Can you? That's what he kept saying, real. as if it but mattered. Like, but like, 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 like I couldn't think of what else to say. You know, because I was like, well, like. I, like, what do we do if Jenny just is like, we don't want to watch this anymore? I guess none of us watch this anymore, right? Oh, no, like, you would keep watching. You know, but, but, uh, but it was yeah. okay. Yeah, MCU has magical powers. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Literally. Uh, uh, yeah. Because uh, we... Anyway, Al, what's just up? Chaos Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. So, um, yeah. For anybody um, who's keeping track 
of um, of ethical opinions um, shared on the Fandom Talk podcast. Um, you know, you give you give Josh a character who who kills a dog and strangles children, and he's just like, no, nope, she's not the one. She's not the villain. I didn't say she was a beacon of light, Al. Okay, that's not what I said. I didn't know you were so pro strangling children. She's not the villain of the show. She wouldn't even be there. Okay, put it to you this way: if Westview didn't exist, Agatha would not exist in our mind because she wouldn't even have been there. So you can't like. That's what I'm saying. Well, do we even know that though? Because yes, we know that the whole reason she's there, Jenny. She even states is like she read about the the chaos magic in the uh, what's the book? The dark hole. The dark hole. So she read. So like the whole reason she's there is because she's like, this is weird. I better go check this stuff out. Well, she's looking for the Scarlet Witch, though, right? Exactly. Yeah, but like okay. she, the only reason she. But that's what I'm saying. She wouldn't even. The Scarlet Witch would not exist. <laughs> Or, like, she wouldn't be able to be there to tell Wanda she's a Scarlet Witch if all this grief stuff hadn't happened. And then, like, trying to kill Wanda and stuff, like, taking her powers, that was just mm-hmm. meh. Just, you know. That wasn't her purpose. <laughs> do you not remember that scene? I do remember I, that okay. Do you not remember <laughs> that scene? I do remember that scene. But I'm saying, like... Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. I love that, like, for the, the first hour of this podcast is now technically boring in comparison to what has <laughs> just happened because it was just, yeah, you know, one of it was really good. And then we, Josh got into a semi-controversial statements about Agatha Harkness and then we just went wild. That's just, it's just been great. Well, I just think like, I do agree with you, Josh. I think you made a very like profound statement that grief is the main villain. Yes, absolutely. But the thing is, Agatha Harkness was there for a reason. Even if Wanda hadn't made Westview, um, I How would she have known then? She was trapped. She obviously was looking for Wanda. I feel like that's alluded to, right? She's like looking for. Then let's ask this question, okay? Wanda hasn't been hiding, okay? Wanda kills Ultron, uh-huh. or basically pulls out Ultron's heart, right? Okay. Wanda is part of a paramilitary group that blows up half of, of uh, where they end when they blow up Laos. Yeah, blows up half of Laos, mm-hmm. okay? So, like, you know, they have an entire UN meeting based on something that Wanda did, okay? So, is Agatha just, like, taking a nap during all this? No, she's studying. She, like, makes, like, she makes that known, I feel like. She stu- and also, when was a good time for her to interject? Agatha was probably like, I'm just going to wait for my, my time to... That's how I took it. I don't know. Am I wrong? Like... I don't think... See, the thing is that she talks about how... What I think she's really looking for is chaos magic... And Agatha even says to a point is that um, I can't remember the exact tone or the exact wording, but she says that creation for, of, of your subconscious is chaos magic, yeah. which makes you the Scarlet Witch. That's what that's what this episode eight's all about. That is mm-hmm. like okay, this she even she's like okay, that's not that. I mean, that's sad, but it's not that interesting. Okay, that's a little more interesting. Okay, that's a little more interesting. But then when she gets to the point where Wanda creates Westview. Mm-hmm. Or recreates Westview. That's when she's like, okay, this is where things are bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, or this this is where this is where I can exploit the situation. Now I know what I'm dealing with, and now I can exploit it. Right, which okay? is what she tries to do. Which I which think... is what she tries to do. Which is a very villainous. Which act. then makes but, her a villain. Okay, I, when did I say she wasn't a villain? You said she wasn't the main villain. Of she's the not show. the main villain of the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
Because all of every bit of this happens, every single bit of this happens because Wanda doesn't know what to do for grief. Mm. Every single bit of it. Yeah. The whole thing. Well, can we at least agree that maybe Grief and Agatha are uh, their co-villains? Yes. I will totally agree Agatha is a villain. I've never, I've never they're, said They're co-main villains. How about that? Okay, fine. Okay, cool. That's fine. Okay. Okay, Al, sorry about that. What up? No. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I'm still here, everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think a majority of our... <laughs> I think a majority of the people who listen to our podcast know um, that uh, we do this as like a long distance thing with me. However, I do hope that some people <laughs> listen to the last like 10 minutes or so with the vision of you three just going at each other and me in like an armchair off in the corner, just like. Uh, yeah, um, Andrew, if you're listening to this one, that's one I would adore seeing some fan art of. It's just these three going at each other and me and the kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like the Jarvis somewhere. Yeah, yeah like... exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, um, that was great, though. <laughs> oh, seriously. Um, Jenny, um, I will come to you um, with kind of the end of the of the discussion of um, the fame theory part of the show, just because it was such such a huge part of the experience of watching the show every week. Uh, um, you and I talked about it a lot. Was the fact that we just kind of had to stew on every episode every week and mm -hmm. think about what we saw. Um, take guesses at what was coming up. That was a huge phenomenon that happened with the show is just the outpour of fan theories every single week about what happened. Now that the show's over, um, I want to ask you, since we have a whole long while now to stew on what's happened uh, before we get any, any more Wanda-focused stuff with the upcoming um, Doctor Strange film, um in in 2022 is that right i think so i believe so yeah yeah um so we have a while now <laughs> to stew on it um i'll ask you now at the end of the show um what are your thoughts your theories any ideas you might have about what is in store for wanda what is in store for vision as well i think that's a part that a lot of people haven't considered um you know you get to episode two or or the last episode there are two visions flying about we aren't sure what happens to to the construct vision after he shares with on the experiences and the memories that on the vision that one created um shares with them you know do you have any ideas on what's in store for Wanda, what's in store and possibly for Vision in the future, just kind of in general, any of the other characters, um, just kind of share your um, your theories about um, anything that comes next for these characters? Um, well, I mean, it's I've definitely been all over the place as far as that's concerned, just because, you know, I'm thinking, okay, so she's probably going to be the villain in the Doctor Strange movie. Um, just judging from that last scene and her hearing uh, the boy's voice, 
Like, yeah. I feel like that was, that's definitely going to cause her to kind of lose her mind. Understandably so. Um, again, I, I say villain very loosely because I'll probably be like, you know what, Wanda, you do you. Like, yes. Um, but, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I've been all over the place as far as Wanda's concerned. Vision, um, I, I wanted more closure on Vision. That's definitely, I loved his character. We haven't really talked about him a lot in this podcast, but he was just so great. And, um, I don't know. I feel like it was weird how the, uh, the, what, the white vision, I don't know. Spectral vision. Spectral vision. How he was, is that really, why did Josh make that face? That's what it is in the comics. Okay. That's what it is in the comics. That's what it is in the comics. How he was just like, he's like, I am vision. And then he like, jets. He's just like, all right, peace out. It was very weird. And it's uh, Yeah. It was, I, I was very confused. That was like probably my least favorite part of the show. Um, and I expected to see him at the cabin. So, um, but I'm assuming he'll be in Doctor Strange. I don't know. Like, I, it was just very, I don't know. I don't know, Al. I'm, I, it's just, I'm emotional about it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Um, well, I think all of those um, were very interesting points. Um, yeah. Um, I've seen other people talk about the potential of Wanda serving as kind of an um, antagonistic role in um, the upcoming film, uh, which is very interesting. I would be very interested to see how um, they approach that. That'd be, yeah, that'd be intriguing. But um, yeah, um, at this point, I think we've kind of have made clear all of us really enjoyed the show. We really enjoyed what happened to it. We may have varying opinions on, on you know, the morality of certain characters. How <laughs> significant it might be. Just head over to my pro Agatha shirt, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kill a nerd dog. Yeah, that's, that's what was happening. I could just, I could just lean into it, kind of. Yeah. Good lord. I mean, hashtag free Agatha, I guess. Well, that to say, though, um, we are, y'all, it feels crazy and unreal to say, we are in phase four of the MCU. Um, this is it. We're in a a post-Anos, post-Infinity saga world right now. Um, And WandaVision was a hell of a way to start that off, to start off that transition. Um, Obviously, we were supposed to have Black Widow first. Um, Hopefully, praying that everything goes well and we get that film very, very soon. Um, Fully in theaters, hopefully it's very... to go and and see it soon um but we're in phase four now i'm going to open it up anybody who wants to jump in and shout out as we close this podcast um give me your theories ideas any predictions you have about what to expect as we go through phase four um are those reports true Uh, do you think the space stuff and the earthbound stuff is going to be a bit more spread out 
what characters do you think are going to be really big players as we move forward? What are your most hype Disney Plus shows? Just we have waited long enough to get more MCU stuff. So now's your time to just shout out the things you're most intrigued and excited by. Um, anybody who wants to start, let's go. The Winter Soldier and Falcon. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> man, I'm excited about that. Yes, which is what next week. Yeah, yeah that's right. Loki right after. I know. I'm excited. It's like all your favorite stuff. Mm-hmm. And Falcon. And Falcon. I do feel like Falcon and Winter Soldier, or Winter Soldier, Soldier. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like they are. Um, they're probably nervous because I feel like WandaVision is such like a strong act to follow. Um, and you know, every, I feel like it's a common theory that Captain America in general is the quote unquote most boring of, uh, the MCU. That really is a common theory. Josh and Jacob are looking at me like, no, I'm that's nuts, a, no, but, I, I, but I, I, I hate love- everything. But yes. <laughs> this is, this is- are these people that have watched Winter Soldier? Is that a thing? I, I don't know. So they like yeah. watch Winter Soldier. Or they like yeah. see the elevator scene. Like this is boring. This is boring. But, yeah. So I think okay. so. Yeah. So I think like following WandaVision, they're they're gonna have a hard time. But I'm so stoked. I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm trying not to look too far in the future because I'm you know. When I did that last year, everything got pushed back. So I'm just kind of living mm-hmm. for the now. That's true. That's so true. I'm just excited for next week <laughs> in Falcon and Winter Soldier. So that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, um, Josh, let's go with you next. Is there is there a project you're the most hyped for? Is there a theory that's really stewing with you about where the MCU is going? Uh, just sh- sh- share with the class what you got. I feel like I've waited for a Black Widow movie for my entire life now at this point. I don't think it's ever coming out. And I don't think it's ever coming yeah, out. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but when it does, when it does finally happen, the theory that I've stuck with for a long time with the Black Widow movie is that that's where the Thunderbolts will start. And the Thunderbolts will be your next, uh, be your next big bad, in my opinion. Um, for me, the interesting thing will be to see how they introduce, um, I, I was going to say Fantastic Four, but really the thing I'm most introduced in is Doctor Doom. Because um, Doctor Doom means a lot to... Uh, now he means a whole lot more to Marvel than just the Fantastic Four. And he's really in an interesting place in the comics because he's getting married all of a sudden mm-hmm. uh, in the comics. And like he's kind Marvel of in Tom. this... He's kind of in this like weird place where he's a villain, but he just got done saving the world. Uh, so like he's a, he, he's a really interesting character... And there's a lot that they can do with him, and I think he's going to be what I'm watching for the most as far as where he's going to pop up in, um, because he could literally pop up in any of the movies that are coming. I mean, he, well, Thor might be weird, <laughs> you know, that'd be strange if he pops up in that. And uh, and that's Thor would the Love and Thunder movie. You know, we talk a lot about uh, Doctor Strange, but we're getting a lot of information on Love and Thunder. Uh, we've got, you know, a little five foot two Natalie Portman, you know, looking like a linebacker all of a sudden, uh, you know, and uh, and like it's it's really that movie I'm very intrigued by because um, that's the one that that's the one that has the, in my opinion, the hardest bar to get over, um, because when Jane Foster became Thor in the comics, all the comic book readers were like, 
you know, well, well, let me rephrase. All the non-sexist comic book readers are like, this is pretty cool because Jane Foster is a fantastic character with, you know, 40 years of history. And, you know, she's awesome. And, you know, she she's a, you know, a very, you know, giving, you know, and a good person. Uh, so obviously she's worthy to have a hammer. And with her grabbing the hammer in Love and Thunder, um, they're going to have to prove to me, you know, why she deserves it in the MCU continuity because uh, she's just very much written as a stereotypical needy girlfriend. And so that's the thing. Though, so, you know, Dr. Doom and Jane Foster Thor are really what I'm uh, intrigued uh, to see uh, what happens with, with those two uh, characters um, because that, that's going to, that's going to say a lot about where the MCU goes after when, when, when all that's said done. Yeah. Excellent picks. Excellent picks. Yeah. Um, Jacob, it is time to show why you're the big cheese. Uh, what kind of kind of theories and, and hype projects um, are well, as we move forward? Well, you know, from one big cheese to, to the other, uh, I am personally hoping that uh, Fin Fang Foom makes an appearance in Shang-Chi. Uh, which is a common, uh, which is actually a common theory, Where is that I, I want Fin Fang from. Uh, it's going to be a ama- like, if, if I want that, that. I want to see that gigantic green talking dragon. There was nothing more annoying <laughs> than in the Iron Fist show where they yeah. talked about yeah. the dragon Shing- off yep. screen. Yep, like they were just like, like, if there was anything you wanted to see in that television show, did you want to see Danny Rand cry about his money, or did you want to see him? You know, literally faced on a dragon. What did you want to see in that show? So no, I want yeah. Give me Fin Fang Foom all mm-hmm. day long. That's that's one hundred percent. That's the next thing that I'm excited for because apparently that movie that movie's coming out soon. Um, sooner than I thought. Isn't that's this summer? Isn't it? I thought it was. I didn't think so. I thought. Um, I thought it was Black Widow and then Eternals. No, because no, because I think they because uh, they've kept their 2021 as well as the previous year. So I'm pretty sure it's Black Widow. Shang. Eternals Spider-Man. You know, you look that up. No. Uh, no. Uh, Fact-checking fact boy. Fact-checking boy. Okay. Uh, well, while you're doing that, Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings, is slated for a tentative July release this year. I'm ready. Let's do it. Um, also, I don't know... Um, I am. I mean, I, I, I want Fin Fang Foom, but like, and I'm. I don't want to interrupt, but like, Fin Fang Foom and like the actual Mandarin is just. No, let's do it. So much. Let's do it. One movie. Let's do it. Yeah, okay. All right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I agree. Um, let's do this. And I, I know, I know the actor who's playing uh, the Mandarin. I, I'm pretty sure is it is it Tony. Leung? I thought it was Leung. We are about to butcher both of the, both yeah. of these names, and I'm sorry about that. We're from Kentucky. Um, we can't yes, we we are in full support yeah. because yeah. we love that actor because he's great. He's in. Um, he plays uh, Zhou Yu in uh, Red Cliff, yeah. and he's also um, he's in uh, House of a Thousand uh, House of Flying Daggers. House of Flying Daggers. Yeah, yeah. Um, House of Flying Corpses. Uh, that'd be a weird crossover. Yeah. Anyways. Um, um, but also, I want to say the actor's name is C. It's S I M U, 
So I guess it's Simu, C- Simu, Liu. It's L I U is the last. Yeah, we're okay. Yep, from now on. Yep. Anyways, um, he has been fantastic. I don't know him from like any of his works, but I know that he's been fantastic uh, to the fans. He's been uh, posting different workouts he's been doing on Twitter and. Basically, basically, just being like I'm literally trying to become Shang Chi, and I'm in full support of him. Um, and he he just he looks great, and I'm really excited to see see him in the film. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then of course Black Widow looks great. You know that's that needs to May seventh. If that is uh, that that needs to be the date. It needs to be May seventh. It just it needs to happen. We just need to have the movie because um, it's it's been long enough. And, uh, yeah. And then, of course, you know, Spider-Man. I mean, Lord, Sp- Spider-Man. This, Spider-Man's always amazing. Uh, you all did see where uh, Tom Holland said Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire are not in this movie. It's Tom Holland. Like, is, But is he trolling or, like, I mean, like, what is happening here? I mean, were they ever confirmed? Everybody was like, oh, they're filming. They're... Okay. <laughs> um, I knew what, that. What if, what if Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are in this movie, but they're like part of the Sinister Six? That'd be amazing. Like, like... <laughs> all right, all right, Al, Al I'm going to flip it on you. All right. Sinister Six members that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire can play. Go. <laughs> well, dude, you flip it on me as if I have not thought about this, but I have only thought about this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, dude, I knew you thought about it. That's why I'm asking you. Um, so, I think, I think it'd be a great, very clever move if they cast Tobey Maguire um, as Otto Octavius. I think that'd be great. The, the villain that his version of Spider-Man is is probably the best well known for. Um, just cast him as it. I think that'd be fantastic. Um, I can see that. I can see you playing a backward, you know, turned villainous uh, scientist. I can totally see that. Mm. Yeah, that, I think that's good casting. Um, and then, honestly, I mean, I've had my hand casting for Orman Osborne um, for years as somebody else. But um, if they're going to drag their feet on, ca- on casting Orman Osborne, um, as, as the actor that I really want for it, um, then, you know, play around with the character some, have him, you know, age him down just a little bit, um, have him be Andrew Garfield, have him be cast Andrew Garfield as the sinister, you know, um, um, Hard up, tech company emperor, emperor essentially version of Norman Osborne, and have him be, um, have him be the Green Goblin, um, again, kind of recapturing a role that, um, in his case, a lot of fans felt like they were kind of robbed of since Norman Osborne had a very small part in the um, Amazing Spider-Man Two. But for me, yeah, it's all just take those Spider-Man actors and recast them as flipped versions of, of villains in their own films. 
Okay, I'll be the one to ask. Who was your original pick for Green Goblin? Um, my dream casting, which I think, which I still think could happen. He he has reported that he's been approached by both the MCU and um and Warner Brothers for a DC role as well. Um, is a Matthew McConaughey. Okay, I could I could see it. Yeah. But um, but yeah, um, to I'm sure, sure nobody at all surprised. Uh, my most high project for the future of the MCU um, is Spider Man Three. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very unsure about when all the rumors started of you know three Spider Men they're gonna do um, a Spider Verse film. Um, not because I don't think that'd be impossible to make work. Um, but because I think uh, doing a Spider-Verse film without a, uh, uh, without a depiction of, um, of Miles would be just an utter waste of time <laughs> to do a Spider-Verse film without him. Um, but, um, you know, I'm very excited for that. Very excited to see where that goes. Um, and then when it comes... There's also nothing to say that he couldn't show up in that movie, though. That's true. That's true. I just hadn't heard, you know, with um, the main big um, casting rumors revolving around um, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield um, as the main um, Spider-Man. Um, I just hadn't heard his name um, t- talked about as much um, for Spider-Man 3, which, again, I think if you do a Spider-Verse film and don't include the character who is the most associated with um, not just Spider-Verse, but with the Spider-Man character in general the last few years, I think it'd be um, a complete waste. Um, I'm all for him showing up in Spider-Man 3 regardless. But um, anyway, um, and then for me, whenever it comes to, um, uh, um, to Marvel comics, especially, but also just comics in general, um, I love the street level stuff. So as far as upcoming projects, you know, I'm really um, excited for, um, um, for E-Hulk. I'm really excited uh, for Oscar Isaacs as as the Moon Knight. I think that'll be really, really fantastic. I'm really excited for that show. Um, And then any, and then I'm excited to see if there's any truth to the rumors of Charlie Cox um, returning to the Daredevil role. Um, again, um, for um, a way to introduce him um, into the MCU, Spider-Man 3 uh, would be a great fit to have he him pop was, up. He was shooting something, right? I'm he sorry. was shooting in Atlanta, yes. Yeah, so. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Excuse me. He was seen in Atlanta, and so was the Spider-Man Three crew. I'm hoping he was there, like doing a press commercial or something. Yeah, exactly. Exa- just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just kind of coincidence. <laughs> but um, yeah. All right, guys. Well, everybody, you have heard us um, talk, expound, speculate, argue, um, attack the ethical integrity of. Um, each other throughout the night. Um, hashtag just one person, actually, not each other. Yeah. 
Hashtag free Agatha. Um, but, <laughs> but um, as always, uh, we want to say we really appreciate um, anybody who takes time to listen to us um, talk about the things we love um, because that's, uh, that's what we're all about here at Fandom Correspondence. Um, we love the fandoms we love and we love to share those and have other people share theirs with us. Um, because we believe very staunchly uh, the fandom is for everyone. Um, and as we've seen with WandaVision, um, fandom can be something that's very fun, um, very enjoyable, and it can also be a very important tool to talk about um, the heavier, uh, more real um, things um, in life, um, like um, grief and being able to cope and the importance of having um, support and family. Um, um, I know we've been very uh, wild and s silly on this podcast, but um, I do want to reinforce uh, the idea that, you know, we've talked a lot about grief and how insidious um, it can be and how it affects even the strongest of us. Um, so just want to encourage anyone who might be experiencing grief in their own lives um, to always know that there are people you can reach out to um, there are things that can be very healthy, um, things that can help, very important uh, um, things to utilize to help you get out of a dark place um, that all of us at some point or other um, either have been or will be. Um, and, um, and we're always here as um, a resource um, for that as well um, because Phantom is for everyone. And we want to foster that kind of idea that we can find comfort in these things we share and likewise in each other. Um, but um, that about will do it for us. Um, again, thank you so much uh, for checking out our podcast and spending time with us. I want to thank all of my co-hosts um, for joining me today. And we will be sure to hang out with you again on our next episode of Phantom Talk. So thank you very much, everybody, and stay safe.